whenever I put together a homily for Sunday, I always look at the readings and see if I can find a common theme in them. Now, our church is a loving mother. She teaches, she instructs, and she loves her children. And when they're putting together the readings for the weekend, sometimes, like a loving parent, the church gives us teachings that are designed to straighten us out, to help us get right with God. Now, each of today's readings do just that, as our theme for today is hypocrisy. Ooh, that's right, saying one thing and doing another. All of us have experienced this at some point. So how do we battle hypocrisy? And what did Jesus have to say about it? Well, let us break open the readings and we'll see what our blessed Lord wants to show us. Here we go. Our first reading is from a passage written by the prophet Malachi. Now Malachi is a minor prophet with major teachings and he does not mince words. He lived roughly around the year 500 BC and here he is harshly criticizing the scribes and Pharisees of his day. He wants them to stop being hypocritical and instead to return to God. He launches into a heart attack against the priests of his time for they were evil and what they were doing was setting a bad example and they had turned away from God and were now causing others to turn away from him and his commandments. This can happen to us as well. Maybe we go to a seminar, or maybe we go hear a speaker, or we may read a book or watch movies or media that are aimed at destroying our faith and our morals and causing us to fall, maybe even leave the church. That is why we must be on guard and be careful what we allow to come before our eyes. You know, many of us get hooked on our phones, right? How many of you could go a whole day without your phone? Or two days, or three days? Ooh, it's tough. Even during adoration, you know, all of a sudden you're praying, you're in a deep place with the Lord, and you're praying, and all of a sudden your phone goes, doo, 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 and you're like, oh, uh, I'll call him back, or maybe I can call him later, or maybe I should uh, get this. It could be important. And before you know it, your prayer time gets skewed. That is why we must be on guard. Be careful what comes into our homes. We need to guard our families. And also we need to pray and fast for our bishops and priests, for our church, and to return to the teachings and the truths of Jesus Christ. In our second reading, St. Paul tells us to conduct ourselves so as not to be a burden to other people. People will judge us by how we live our lives and how we interact. We do tend to judge a book by its cover or a tree by its fruit. But St. Paul doesn't leave us there. He encourages us to give thanks to God and to not be ashamed to share the gospel with others. Do we thank God for every new day? Do we thank him for a healthy body or blessings in our lives, we give God praise not because he needs it, but because we need it. We need to give thanks and praise and adoration to him. Just little things, even like grace at meals, 
participating in the mass and in the sacraments and living our lives believing what we are preaching. It's not easy. Listen, I need your prayers for me and I will pray for you. We all fall into this kind of a thing every now and then. And sometimes we all need a little boost in our faith. That is why praising and thanking God is so important. But there's one more thing, proclaiming the gospel. Proclaiming the gospel in this dark world. It isn't easy. So if somebody were to say to you, okay, I'm into this uh, Christian thing, what's the gospel? What would you say? Ooh. Well, the gospel, the Greek word for gospel is kerygma, kerygma. And an easy way to think about that is, you know, the little coffee machine, the thing you put the little pods in, you know that thing? It's called a kerig. Well, think of kerig and then Mary, ma, kerygma. It's a great way to re remember the Greek word for the gospel. So what is the gospel? Well, number one, tell people that God loves you. And don't do this while you're standing behind them in Starbucks uh, in a line, you know, tap them on the, hey, guess what? God loves you. No, but if they're hurting or they come to you and say, hey, I need some prayer, tell them God loves you. Second thing, sin has wrecked things in our lives. You see it all around us. Sin, bad choices, sinful inclinations, all that stuff has wrecked things in our lives. And then tell them some good news. Jesus paid the price and died for you. And that's not just a bumper sticker or a cute saying. He did that. And then fourth, repent. And repent means a radical reorientation of your life. Now, do I want you to be on fire Catholics? You better believe it. Oh yeah, baby. But we also need to repent and have a reorientation of our own lives. We need to be baptized and confirmed. It's number five. And have a reverence in receiving the sacraments. Join and participate in the church community. We have so many great things going on right here in the cathedral. Be a part of it. It's very cool. And then finally, make disciples for Christ. Ooh. Deacon Bob, I can do all many of the other ones, but that one, I don't know. So I'm going to give you a challenge. This is the Deacon Bob challenge. In the next five years, you got five years to work on this. In the next five years, bring one person into the church. One person. If we did that, even just half of us did that, our parish would be revolutionized. This city would be revolutionized. And you have five years, bring in one person. In our gospel passage, our blessed Lord confronts hypocrisy head on. There has always been hypocrisy in the church and in all institutions, really. Whenever someone is striving for something higher, there will always be those who want to pull you down. Our Lord tells us to listen to the scribes and the Pharisees, but don't do what they do, for they do not practice what they preach. We too can fall into this, as we like to collect titles and degrees and fame and success, and look at me, ding, ding, ding. Yeah, 
but we fail to realize how God is in our lives, how he provided and moved in our lives to get us to where we are. Instead, we think, oh, I did it. The greatest deadly sin is pride. The virtue or the cure for pride is humility. This is what our Lord is getting at. If you truly want to be great, start by being humble. A couple of days ago, I uh, saw a thing on TV and even read an article about it. In Japan, there are these Japanese executives, and the five that they interviewed were billionaires. Billionaires, heads of huge corporations. Many of you would recognize the name of their corporation. And they begin each day by cleaning the toilets in the employee's bathroom. Whoa. And they do this not only because it's somewhat of a Japanese custom when you get higher up in a business, but also to bring success to their business and to remind them where they came from, that they're not too big and powerful to clean toilets. Whoever humbles himself will be exalted. Now that doesn't mean you be a doormat or you think of yourself as garbage or something else. That's not humility. Rather, strive to please God and to seek first the kingdom of God, and all these things will be added unto you. So this week, let us set good examples and try to practice what we preach. Let us remember to give thanks and praise to God. And finally, let us humble ourselves in order to lift others up. And who knows, five years from now, you might be sitting next to a whole crowd of people that God used you to bring in. If we do this, then we too will be exalted by Christ and truly known as his disciples.